Mind Gap Podcast. Welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. I'm Doug. I'm Justin. And we're joined by uh, an old friend. Not like age-wise, but it's been many, many years since he's been on this show. Like, almost five years ago. He's a wonderful human. He's very funny, very creative. Please welcome back, Matt Baker. (laughs) Thank you for that intro. uh, You're welcome, because you deserve it, sir. Forgot to mention, <laughs> we do have soundboards, so just be prepared for oh, cool, kind of like morning radio kind of shit. You know, yeah, love it. Yeah, it's the best. That wasn't a soundboard though. We have assembled a small group of children to watch the podcast tonight. So, yes. oh, oh, that's them. That's that them? was live. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, every every Tuesday at seven p.m. Central, they get on they get on the call with us, and we say and go, and they go yay, and then they go to bed. So, and that's it. it. It's all we needed them for. It's all we hey, ever needed. We're breaking for. some child labor laws, but I don't care. No, they opt in and it's totally cool. And, you know, we send them comic books every month. So and they didn't oh. ask for comic books, but we send them comic books. So we're not monsters. We're not, we're not monsters. I mean, we're not. <laughs> if your daughter's looking for a job, we get every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Oh, Central. yeah. what? And the rate is one comic book per month. Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. I'll get. I'll ask her. She probably would do it. <laughs> I'm sure she would. Be I'm sure totally she'll done. make a cameo at some point. I very, very. I'm the one at home with her right now, so she's pretty in all up on me all the time, which is yeah. adorable. But then, like, yeah, like one of my friends calls or something. I'm like going from room to room, hiding in closets just, just to talk, and she just follows. And yeah, so we'll see. Wow. I wonder what that's like because my daughter definitely doesn't do that to me. She's like, "Hey, where's <laughs> mom? I'm gonna go hang out with mom." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> oh, your daughter's gonna be like seven or eight. She's now, almost right? seven. She'll be seven in like oh. two weeks. So wow. yeah, she's. Uh, but good thing is that you know we have good conversations and we're pretty silly with each other. So we have nice. a good time. I'm in my I'm in my wheelhouse right now. She can talk and communicate. I'm like now we can have fun. Like <laughs> she's everything bo- before three. I'm like I mean I'm here and I'll help, but I don't know what you want from me. Like I can't really contribute much to this. I mean, <laughs> it's well, it's fun. Go ahead. Oh, sorry to cut you off. No, I was go just going to say one of my f- good friends, uh, her sister just had a baby mm-hmm. and I'm like, is asking how things were going. Like, Oh, how are things going with your sister and her new baby? And she's like, she's great. It's great. She's totally gone insane because she's just sending, she just sends me like three minute videos of you be, of being like, do you like, are you, you having fun in the bath? Are you having fun in the bath? And I was dying laughing, being like, I totally get from your point of view that that's insane, but you kind of have to do that before they can talk. So you like, feel anything a hundred percent you're trying to connect with them on any level you know yeah. the only thing i really because like you know, obviously she had a connection with my wife because breastfeeding and things yeah. like that like they All were just stuff. and i'm like hi carrying her around for nine months i i yeah. will lift you up and i will do <laughs> silly moves and things like that but i can't really connect with her on a level whereas now she's like dad you're funny and i'm like that's all i need to hear the rest of my life like i'm good that's think awesome. I'm funny that's awesome and she's like, but when she goes to bed, my wife will tuck her in and she's, she tells my wife to tell me stuff that she says and, and she'll come in. She'll be like, okay, so you are the most handsomest uh, dad that cooks the best food. I'm like, nice, nice. <laughs> Take it. it. 
I'll take it. I'm nailing it. I'm doing Dad, how old is your little one? Uh, she turns three in May. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So, yeah, she's two. She's like, I think like two and seven or eight months right now. I nice. can't really do math. That's yeah. okay. Oh, speaking of the devil. Oh, hey. hey. Oh, Just like you called it, you know? A little hi. Here, come say hi. Come say hi. Go back and talk to mom. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. That's so cool. You want to hear a really cool sound? <laughs> oh, it's a whiz popper. Oh, oh my gosh. What was that? I am now going to call. These are going to be whiz poppers from now on. I like that name. Whiz I like that name. Uh, it's from the BFG. It's not an original, but uh, yeah. I still like it, though. Well, it's you great. Know. Yeah. Great. Oh, a whiz popper. <laughs> You say it with a British accent, it sounds so, you know, innocent. Who is Papa's? Okay, Flobo, can you go hang out with Mom? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so classic. It's all good. Tell it's us all- your thoughts on the Netflix uh, password situation, little yeah. one. Yeah, little one. What do you oh, think about you Netflix? Think, They're going to crack down on, on Netflix sharing passwords to other users, so you can't, like, get away with with murder anymore. What do you think about that? Poop. Poop? You know what? I got you. You share the opinion opinion of a lot of people. Yeah, right? A lot of people feel the same way. It's okay. I've been there, except I'm usually the other one where I'm like, here, come to me. And they're like, no. She's like, no, I want to stay with mom. I'm like, okay, I guess. Okay. Well, maybe we'll just continue as is and she'll get bored. That's fine. That's all good. That's fine. That's yeah. really cool. Well, I'll tell you what. How about we start okay. off with a little bit of housekeeping? This will probably put you to sleep. For all of you that are watching right now, if you're enjoying what you're seeing right now, hit the like button. And if you're listening to this, did you know we live stream live on YouTube on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central Time at YouTube.com slash Podcast? That's right. We do. You can come hang out with us. You can be like the cool guy, Richie, who's staying up late after work. That's Yeah, that's us. Yeah. That's uh, Florence. Hey, Florence. Yeah, that's Florence. (laughs) Also, uh, if you want to check the description out below, you can find the link to our Discord. You can hang out with us. Join all the cool people. Be part of the MindGap community. You can check out our link to our uh, merch at redbubble.com. And uh, also, if you're feeling so inclined, you want to throw some money our way, patreon.com slash mindgappodcast. All that good stuff is there. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the... That's the housekeeping. Bing, bang, boom, done. Doug, I think you're getting better at it because it was actually engaging and not putting people to sleep. Oh, man. Very succinct as well. Yeah. I failed this time. You know, I meant to put people to sleep, but it just it just didn't happen. I'm engaged Uh with the moment. Uh (laughs) But it's all good, you know, because I respect this because I know exactly what this is like, where you're like, just living your life yeah. and this is the beauty of our world now do you do you by chance work from home yeah. at all matt or are you out and about enjoying the world uh sorry it's no a lot of controversy going on no i'm just full-time at home with her because yeah like when we moved to portland one thing we were living in la and it was a like, crazy competitive for childcare there but she oh jesus at the very end she had a she got in, but then we moved here. We did like, we did this whole, this whole, like we went back East for the summer and then we went to Italy. And then by the time we landed here, there was just like, you know, like six 
12 month wait lists everywhere. Good Lord. So then my wife got a job. So then I, I like literally can't work. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> totally get that, man. I, yeah. uh, yeah. yeah, it's that stuff that, that is no joke, the wait lists. And it makes you just realize when you have a kid, you know, cause I'd worked with people growing up where they're like, yeah, you know, I've got to watch my kid. I'm like, yeah. How difficult mm-hmm. is that? And then you have a kid and you're like, oh my God, someone has to take care of this thing like all the time. And apparently it can't be me. Apparently I have to work. And apparently so does my wife. What are we going to do? It's like, do you have, how much money do you have? Because what? if you have <laughs> enough for a second mortgage, you can afford a daycare. It's like, oh, good. <laughs> I was so thrilled to get her into public school this year because I'm like, yay. Oh, that's gotta be great. There's $1,700 back in our account every month. That's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. The it's cost of childcare will never cease to amaze me. Ever. That's insane. I mean, I've I've have a, I've a lot of friends who are either in it or just passed it like you, and I I still cannot wrap my. I've heard dozens of stories about the cost of this, and it just I cannot wrap my head around it. That is absolutely incredible. Yeah. I mean, I'm thankful because it was a great daycare. I mean, they took care of her basically from 7.30 until, I mean, it could go as late as 6 o'clock at night, and they gave her breakfast, lunch, snack. So, you know, and she learned a lot, had a great experience, but I'm like, God damn, I want to get her out of here. Let's get her to public school. This is a lot. This is so one, much. One sec. I mean, all all good, man. We got it. We got it's this. Good. It's all good. This is, this is what it is now. This, this is, is life, the, you know? You've got you've seen videos of you know diplomat on Zoom right. meetings and, yeah. and kids are running in the background. It is what it is. It's, it's life. It's, it's real life. And if, if we pretend that gonna... this isn't real life, we're lying to ourselves. You know. Yeah. What's going on out there now? What's the status? Oh, I think they're going to try to go for a walk. It does not sound like it's off to the best start. Uh, it's okay. We'll see. Hey, yeah. That's... She's just very, she's very, I think it's her age, but also her personality. She's like very, very willful. You mm-hmm. literally can't make her do anything. And it's like, I don't know, was your daughter like that, Doug? Like, there were, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's so funny how much your brain just like forgets a lot of that stuff, you know, in those mm-hmm. moments you deal with it and move on. I remember she was relatively easygoing for the most part. Um, there, obviously, there would be moments where nap problems, you mm-hmm. know, nap would be skipped or it wouldn't be as long as it could be. And we're like, oh, we're in for some shit. So get ready. Yeah. Get ready for the breakdown. Um, you know, but everyone's, it's funny cause all those personalities are different and at different times, you know what I mean? Like some people are like, Oh, it's the terrible twos. I'm like, actually, I kind of feel like four was really difficult, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. She's got, yeah, she's very, uh, like, yeah, she's very sweet and she's very engaging, but she's literally like, she has so much energy. She's just on all services all the time, just yeah. running around, just wanting to, and then like, yeah, I can't even like legitimately. I can't send an email like even when I'm watching her. Like like I could maybe do it on my phone, um, but like on just sitting down at the computer, she just comes up. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then looks at things like, and then just like, yeah. So I kind of today was actually a good day because I let go of the notion of doing anything. Uh, isn't, that, like, isn't that amazing? You're like, you know what? Yeah. Today is what it is. That's one of the best yeah. things in the world is when you can do that. Yes. I so I woke up and I'm like, I'm not going to do a thing. I was also helpful to have this to look forward to at the end of the day. Cause I was like, at the end of the day, I'll have something to do. That's fun. And, um, I can request my wife to come home early from work so I can, you know, do this and then have a, have a hot minute to oneself. That's right. And, uh, but with, with, with two high quality gentlemen. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. You have no idea well, how if, wrong you are with that. If you know necessary. What I mean? go, but, 
for you and say that this went for five hours. So you just let us know how long this needs to go for. Yeah. And right. we can it's so true. Okay. Like needing that time for yourself, like as partly as a parent, you feel guilty because you're like, mm. oh, I have to take care of this job. But at the same time, you're like, I also need to recharge. And yeah, that's I feel. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, it's like it's just so important. And my wife and I bounce back and forth between that mm. where it's like you have a friend you need time to recharge cool tap me in i'm in you know we can do we can double team because we only have one child so mm-hmm. you get any more than that then it's like you gotta do man-to-man coverage and then it goes to zone coverage after that <laughs> and you're just like you're just you're like i hope you can figure it out because you know we're outnumbered here you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm a little scared to be outnumbered uh yeah we're talking about a second one now maybe trying in a in a couple months or something um and i'm like yeah, I mean, you got to have siblings, I think. I think, but at the same time, it is a scary thought to it. One is just so much work. It's just crazy. Yeah. I felt the same way. You know, we tried, it didn't work out. And I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with it. I would love to for her to have a sibling, but I'm also like, I'm also okay with this. Like, I, yeah. I made my peace with it. And I'm like, this is okay. This is fine. And I'm sure once the ball gets rolling, that's all, all this ever is, is because you adapt. That's what we do as yeah. humans. We adapt to the situation. You're like, cool, I'm in it. We've got to do this. And then you start looking back and you're like, holy shit, we did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We made that work. And you're I like, a, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, go ahead. Sorry, I like I haven't talked to any adults today. So sorry if I'm cutting in at bad times. And, no problem. You know, uh, no problem. Uh, yeah. But um, I was going to say, I, I have a saying that I came up with and I don't know if I stole it from somewhere, but I feel like it's a good saying. And uh, um is that like with parenting, like the days are longer than the years. Do you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. it goes so quickly. And we look at pictures of Florence, even from six months ago where she looks different and like she's, she feels like her vibe is different, but each day it's in its in of itself is so long. <laughs> like, that is a very true statement. A great statement. Yeah. A very true. Cause yeah, like people always say that you don't know where the time goes. And you know, I was literally just, some you know my phone is like hey here's some portraits from this year i'm like oh my god look at you like you're not quite what you are now you're just like smaller and you don't have glasses yet and oh my gosh i forgot all about it and jill found this old video of her like watching trains in, in, in the downtown area and she was just like mama look at the train i'm like oh my god look at you you're just a little nugget look at you it's so oh it's crazy no i totally i totally get that man it's it's a wild it's a wild journey so it is a wild journey. Speaking of which, I'm going to step away real quick, grab an extension cord. I see him at like 20% battery. Don't want it, don't want it to die. No BRB. problem. We got you. That's we got good. you. Yeah. No problem. No problem. <laughs> I, I love, I do love that, that phrase that he's got though. Oh, the, it's so longer than the years. That is so apropos. I mean, and I'm sure it applies so much to parenting, but like you can look at a couple different facets in life and that's so probably true. applies to, to your work too, you know? Oh God, yeah, absolutely. You look back and you're like, "Ah, hey, man, these days are long," and you're like, "Oh my God, it's been eight years. <laughs> it's been eight years. Eight years what here. Done. Yeah. What have I done? Why am I still here? <laughs> Brutal stuff. Okay. Coming up. Coming oh my up God, look at those here. tattoos. Oh yeah, He's tatted up. up. Yeah. You were ready for Portland before you got there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I got, I, I haven't gotten any in Portland yet. I've gotten, I got one in Arizona, the, most of them, uh, four in LA, and then one when I was in Italy. Damn, oh, man. that's cool. You're a traveled man. You've been traveling. What brought you guys to Portland? I gotta, I gotta ask. Uh, so my wife, her dad lives here. So we okay. were like, 
we were in LA and it was like so difficult. <laughs> like it was like we were there. We moved there literally New Year's Eve, go like turning 20, 2019. Okay. okay. We were there for like like seven months and then we got pregnant and then um the pandemic hit. Ugh. And then Florence was born two months after uh the pandemic started. Oh, so she was born May 2020. Jesus. And then we were it was just like so crazy. I mean, I don't want to monopolize the conversation. It was it was insane. Matt, <laughs> do you think we're gonna monopolize the conversation? You're our guest, <laughs> sir. <laughs> um, and then so we were doing that for a while, and then it was pretty clear it wasn't sustainable. And LA was like so expensive. And um, I I was so my wife is a structural engineer, and then I was teaching oh, cool. high school English. So we were like, you know, we we're like, we have all the tools to stay in the middle class, but not here. Like, so we were kind of scouting out and we were like realizing like, we got to be near family. It's just yeah. like, it's so much helpful with, with family around. And so we are like, we, um, trying to figure out where that would be. I grew up in Pennsylvania. My parents live in different places in Pennsylvania and I'm like not keen to return to PA. Uh, it was a good place to grow up, but not necessarily where I want to be now. Sure. And then my wife's mom lives in Maine and Maine is pretty awesome. But we always like, whenever we visited Portland and visited her dad, we just like had a great time. And it was like kind of the place we, we, I could see. And then subsequently my wife could see like, Oh, this is where we could raise a family, but still live in a cool city. Yeah. Hopefully, buy a house. Um, like all of those things, feel like feel like there's potential for that. There's obviously, you know, still there's still parts that are challenging, but that was our motivation with moving. And so far, it's been good. good That's for really you. cool. I love I love when uh, just the story of people uprooting and going someplace else. Like, but my wife and I did that recently to Grand Rapids, Michigan, mm. and it's I just I find it fascinating how people end up in different places. So. Yeah, totally. It's always a, there's always a cool story behind it. Yeah, that's awesome. So Matt, you're a yes. creative dude. Back Thanks. in the day when you and I met, at, uh, at, at, it's funny because are you still there? No, 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 no. Thank you for okay. asking though. No, no, yeah. no. I left. I left. You were that. the last time we were, and you were like, well, yeah, that was almost five years ago. So yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I was there until uh, 2019. Okay. And then I went to Grubhub, and now I'm at a different company. That I probably just shouldn't name just because, you know, in case I talk yeah. shit, you know, it's like, whatever, okay. it's all good. Gotcha. But I also um, worked at Grubhub. I What's that? I worked at Grubhub oh, in no 2015. Shit. I have some great Grubhub stories as well that are, that are, I just told my wife one the other day. Um, what were you, what was your job? Were you, I'm sure because you went from SMS assist where you were like climbing the ladder. So I'm sure it was more like a main manager role. I was doing data entry. <laughs> I was uh, I was on the training. So I, I work in the training world. So I was an instructional designer. So I was designing training uh, for uh, folks internally. So, OK, cool. Yeah. Data entry. That's cool. That's nice. <laughs> no, it's not. It was so Dude. it was great, though, because it was so bad. Like in hindsight, it's one of those things. It's like. It, it's like now that I'm not in that, it's so fun to be like, that was awful. Like, yeah, <laughs> of course. It's like, you don't want to, you know, I, I mean, to me, that sounds like it'd be my nightmare kind of job. Can because I, Okay. Can I, can I, can I tell you like yeah. just a little bit? Of, okay. So, yes. all right. Um, I got like catfished for the job, which is hilarious. So I was like, I was, it was 20 uh, spring 2015. Right. It was like, it was like March and I had to interview and I got a job at the Chicago Parks Department teaching soccer. And I also was working with the temp agency. And they were like, it was, they told me it was a writing, a writer slash proofreader. Like that would be my title. So when I was like trying to weigh the options between these two jobs and I was like, 
the parks department had a higher wage, but um, it was only part time. And I was like, it's full time. It's writing. But it was like minimum wage. It was like a, it was like 11 bucks an hour at Grubhub. And I was like, all right. I mean, I think ultimately I'll probably make more money. OK, I'll, I'll take it because I want to because I want to write um, anything that's writing. I want to do. And I get there and I go to the, the like the secretary and I'm like, hey, it's my first day. I'm here for like the writer proofreader job. And she was like, do you mean the data entry job? And I was like, uh, no, uh, I mean the writer proofreader job. And then she was like, oh, all the data entry temps are here. And then I was like, just saw like other 22, 23 year olds just sitting like on like this. I don't know if it, like whatever, whatever we call a bench that's like made of cushion and foam or whatever. Sure. They're sitting on that. And I'm like, oh, crap. And then it's like, yes, yeah, so it was kind of like being catfished. They lead us to this to I'm not even kidding. They lead us to like a dark space. And they there's six of us and they put us in this room and they're telling us like about the Grubhub style guide and the kind of the role. And then they're, they're having us do kind of little tests and I'm annoyed and I'm like, but not saying anything obviously. And I'm just like, all right, I'll do this, this BS. And I started doing it. And at the end of the day, they fired someone. So they, they just didn't take this person on in the morning. There was five of us and they're like, yeah, so-and-so just wasn't like typing fast enough and like, and like was making a lot of errors. We just didn't think they were a good fit for this. And then they progressively fired two more people. And then I was, so we, we had like basically a week of typing auditions in a dark room until we got hired on for temporary six month contracts at $11 an hour. Isn't that, that crazy? Is, that's an insane vetting process for such an immediate, <laughs> like it also sounds like a really, really uh, bad spinoff of men in black. Right. <laughs> How they recruited. Right. Yeah. Corporate men in it black. Was, it was wild. And then I lasted about six months and then I got like a beast of a diner menu that I just got so apathetic towards and literally just took as long as I could. And then once my six months were over, I, and they also would talk, the executives were all on the floor. This was, that still how it was Doug where all right. the executives were just out. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently my, one of my friends, Katie, who I'm still friends with, who I met there was like, Oh, they were talking about you. Um, and then I was like, Oh, what'd they say? And then they were like, and then they're like, Oh, they were like, Jay said like you took two weeks on a diner menu. So you're like, they're, they don't really like you. I'm like they just said that publicly. He was like, well, they were talking. We all heard it. So yeah. And then, like, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, and then I'm, and then, and then, like two days later, right? Um, at my desk, it's a Friday at like around two or three p.m. Can't quite remember. I get logged out of everything. <laughs> like, like all of a sudden, I'm just like, like a CD drive, just ejected back, like to the the front screen. And I go, I can't get, I can't log into anything. So I go up to this woman, Sarah, and I'm like. Uh, she's kind of like not quite it, but kind of the liaison between. And I was like, Hey, I got logged out of everything. I can't log back in. I know. I know my password. Like, can, can you do a little reconnaissance for me? She's like, Oh my God, that's so weird. Sure. I can. And then like maybe half an hour later, I, I feel someone looking at me and I look up and she's staring at me and we make eye contact and she looks away. And I'm like, she totally knew I was getting like, let go. Like, and that's why they did it like three hours. Like they didn't time it. So it was that night. It was literally while I was still working there, I couldn't do anything. And I was just sitting there being like, this is really weird. And nobody else, it wasn't happening to anyone else. So I'm like, this is something's up here. And I got to the, 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 the plat, the train platform. And I got a call from the woman who catfished me in the first place being like, so Grubhub would like today to be your last day. 
Oh my god. That's an aggressive move, man. I mean, I don't know. It was so wild. I'm like, it just really makes me laugh. That like I love that I had that experience, but like at the same time, it's like like sometimes I'm like, how is how is this allowed to happen and like no one know? <laughs> like, you know Absolutely. I mean? yeah. The more that I work and the more that I hear from people, you know, I, I my wife is in HR. Uh, and so I hear about all the nonsense that goes on in her company um, because she's basically an adult babysitter uh, in her <laughs> role. And the more that I hear about this stuff, the more I'm like, oh, we're all just a bunch of idiots. Like I, I, I assigned so much respect out of the gate for someone with like a certain title or mm-hmm. a certain role because I'm like, oh, they I just assume like they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They don't. Most of the people don't. They really don't. They don't know what they're doing. They may know. They think they know what they're doing based on their set of experiences. But then you're like, oh, no, that's a terrible idea. Why are you doing like my wife will describe to me what's happening. I'm like, who? How old is this person? 22. She's like, oh, no, they're 56. I'm like, what? (laughs) This person's going to be retiring in like nine years and they're doing this. Are you shitting me right now? This is an adult what? I just lose my mind because I'm like, how is this a thing that's happening? It's just, but it also gives me a little bit of peace because I'm like, oh, well, if they're idiots, then I'm an idiot and we're all the same. Like that, that kind of brings me peace. I'm like, oh, okay. We're on the same level. Yeah. Kind of, you know, it's like when you're growing up and you realize your parents don't know everything. Right. It's that, it's oh, that yeah. moment you're like, oh, we're on the same playing field now. Gotcha. Got it. Okay, we're all the cool. same. We're all <laughs> yeah. the same. I, I really had that experience at becoming a father, but also becoming a teacher where I was like, when you're a kid, you think everyone has like a, a peer reviewed, highly tailored plan for like your happiness and success. But then it's like everyone's winging it and just kind of doing the best they can with the resources they have. And most people's best is bad. <laughs> like, you know, That's like so it's, true. That's so then, true. You know, I mean, most people aren't set up really in their life to have to have their best be even good like it's not i'm not saying that people are are shitty i think it's like everyone's so stressed and consumed with x y and z that it's like you're not very few people i know have the systems in place to like to like fire in all cylinders you know no that's a good that's a good qualifying thing because there's there's a very small fraction of percentage of people that are intentionally bad you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah. I think most people are doing the best that they can, but it's it's bad. It's it's <laughs> bad. It's still bad. And the worst part is when those people who are bad are rewarded for being bad. They oh, fail yeah. upwards, which was SMS in, in a nutshell, which was these people oh who God. were really bad at their job who were like, you know what? Let's get you to a director position. You're like, I'm sorry, you're giving them more responsibility. What are you doing? <laughs> quit it no their failures are like i disagree i think we should we should give them more responsibility it's like don't do that speaking of (laughs) sms i have two stories about you oh from sms that i want to share okay is one going to be the immortal technique song i told you to listen to it was it is not unfortunately go ahead yeah now i feel guilty about that when i was here last time Um, i would love to hear these two stories okay what what am i i've told this story before on the podcast but it's it was just it made me it was the first time i felt old um i don't know if you remember but it it, at one point when we were in the pit when at, at the at the business i had a whole bunch of like magnets on my cubicle and there was like a bunch of mario magnets and you came over and you were like oh that's so cool you know 
What was uh? Did you play Mario like on the N sixty four? I go, nah, I did. I never had it in sixty four. So you go, oh, are those just ironic? You know, you used to have those for, because they're ironic. I'm like, oh no, I played these on the original Nintendo. And you just sort of stared at me, and you're like, oh. And then well, you did I say kinda, ironic in a playful way, or I couldn't I tell. Like, like I'm okay. assuming you were being playful. You know, like oh, so that's just ironic then. You know, I think you're just being like kind of kind of silly. And I was like, oh no, I played them on the original system. And you're like, oh, okay. And then you just walked away. And I'm like, I'm old apparently. Like oh, his reference is well, like when I, feel- I was a child, I played on the N64. I was like, that nah, I was before that was I had the, one of the first invented systems. <laughs> I can't tell if I should apologize. No, absolutely not. I I look back on that fondly because that was the first time where I was actually an older guy at work. I was in my early 30s. Can I guess? What's that? I was like, you're like 30. I'll peg you like 36. Oh, wow. You're very kind. I'm about to turn 40. Well, hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah, baby. (laughs) Pew, 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 pew. Um, That was. I don't don't perceive you as an old. Like then I kind of like I knew you were older than me, but you were like in my head. I was like, this is like I'm like a freshman at this company and this is like a senior. Not like this is like a a person who's like, you know, not like like an old teacher or something. Yeah. Seth goes, you don't look a day over 45. Thanks, Seth. Much appreciated. (laughs) You bastard. Um, no, that was, that was a great moment because I was like, oh, this is the, this is, this is the beginning of, of this phase where I'm like, Hey, and that continued on where at some point, you know, there was, I had a team of people that were reporting to me and I was like making references to Jaws and Star Wars. And there was a girl on my team that goes, I've never seen those. And I'm like, huh? What? You don't know Jaws? How do you not know Jaws? I don't know. She's like, I haven't seen uh, Star Wars. I'm like, okay, but you are familiar with Star Wars, right? Like, you don't have to know it inside out. She goes, I don't know. I'm like, what? I just realized, like, oh, we're only going to be like 65% compatible as teammates because I, all I'm going to do is make references that you don't get. We'll never really be able to connect <laughs> entirely. Like, I like you. I think you're friendly, but it's like, sorry, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work. Now, the other story yes. I have, one of my fondest memories, I actually told this to okay. Justin in our production meeting last night, is. The day you left SMS, um, okay. you send an email. Oh, with all the puns. You yes. have it? Amazing. You send an yeah. email to all our entire department of like people like it. It's just like making puns with their names. Yeah. And it was like amazing. And what I don't know if you realize this or not, but you accidentally tagged a member of the board. In, oh, I I think I did. I think I heard that later, but I yeah. didn't care because I was. Oh, like, I know because you were, you yeah. weren't there. Because I think I it was was, uh, was it Justin? Because I think his, it was John Johnny Barrett, and I think. Oh no, Johnny! That guy was uh, improviser. Yeah, yeah, but he wasn't on the board. He was no, like in the same. But I think me. there was a John Barrett who oh, was on the board. So exactly you meant to do Johnny, but instead you did this guy, and everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh my god, Maddie Miller." <laughs> The only one, the only one that was questionable. I mean, they're probably all questionable. But the one that I remember, um, there was there was a guy, Justin like Jurgens, right? Yeah, Justin Bergen. And I, I said, I, I think I said, like, who here likes like which manager likes to masturbate with with lotion? Justin yes. Jurgens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. it was something along those lines. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Moon is in the chat right now. She's like, Doug the pug, Justin is lusting. I'm trying to make oh some puns. You're doing great, Moon. Keep it up. <laughs> oh my god. So funny. Oh, I wish I had that. I wish I wish I remember I remember sending it. Um I think I, I held on to it, it for a really long time because it was very nostalgic to me. I'm like, ah, I remember when Matt left here. He left in a <laughs> 
I have to say, well, a blaze of glory makes it seem like you're like, I'm going to burn this bitch to the ground. But you're just like, oh, hey, silliness. And that's how I finally remember you is like a fun, silly guy. Thank you. Oh, can I can I then throw one more SMS thing that I heard? Of course. Okay, so, um, yeah, so Doug and I worked together at this company called SMS Assist. And basically, it was the, the most random company you could imagine. <laughs> and it's basically the business model is let's get blue collar workers onto this app so we can hedge them against each other and make a bigger margin for cleaning literally for literally cleaning parking lots of family dollar. <laughs> like that's really the business model. And I had so many weird interactions on the phone and like our job was like, I was an operations manager or whatever. So I'd call these people and be like, Hey, like so-and-so did you, I, did you do this invoice? And I would try to walk them through it. And I just very, I could tell that I was, we were like making them making people who had wanted nothing to do with like this new digital world, like who had every right to just want to clean a family dollar parking lot without like joining an app and getting paid all this stuff. So then um, anyway, so my, I, I, I quit. I send eventually I'll send, I send this pun laden email, but I had a meeting with HR and they like an, a, like an exit interview. Do you remember Troy? Of course. Yeah. So I, I saw him years later and he, I was at like um, a bar with some friends and he came up to me and was like, I think about what you said all the time in that exit interview. And I was like, what did I say? Like I was worried. He was like, you said you didn't think what we were doing was ethical. So you didn't want to be a part of it. And I'm my head on my head. I totally said that. Cause I did what else? Like I already quit. Like, you know what I mean? I didn't think it was quite ethical. I, but that really wasn't why I was, I was leaving cause I was bored and I was like, this sucks and yeah. I'll figure, I'll figure it out. Um, but I was like, yeah, just, I think I just kind of like to play the high ground. I was like, I think this just isn't ethical. But he like held on to that for years and like basically was like, yeah, like I, I respected the hell out of you. You were like, you don't want to be a part of something that's not ethical. And you, and you bounced. <laughs> I was like, okay. That's, that's oh, fantastic yeah. that you impacted him in, in such a way. <laughs> He's like, I, I changed my life just based off of what you told me and you're like yep that's the like you should have sent the email i sent my department about talking about the guy who jerks off i mean <laughs> some <jerkins. laughs> see when doug told me that you sent this this pun laden email uh he just ended it there i didn't know the like so i thought it was very light puns on people's names i didn't realize you went that it hard mostly was but there was that I one where that i was, was like oh no <laughs> i remember talking theater I remember talking to a couple people and I was like, should I send this? And they were like, a couple people were like, no. And a couple people were like, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get a mixed bag. Yeah. Well, the thing that's so cool is that honestly, like I, I look back on those years is um, that was a messed up company. It still is yeah. to this day. Like mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's, it's one of those things where um, I'm glad I was there. It, it taught me a lot. Um, it actually allowed me to transition into something that I was really good at and that I was passionate yeah. about, which is the training side of things, which was great. I met some fantastic people. I honestly look back on that fondly for the people that I met, like people like you and, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, did you, do you remember Omari by chance? Omari Brown? Yeah. Omari was cool as hell. Yeah. We actually just had him on a couple of weeks ago. He fucking yeah. works for the late show with Stephen Colbert. Like, oh, wow. He's an, I assistant, he was he's an assistant producer, like on that show. Awesome. Now. Yeah, yeah. He that, was that, very kind and, 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 uh, unassuming yeah so yeah exactly he's such and still same cool humble awesome dude like we've had him on a couple times just because we're like every time we talk to him he's like moving further along in the career he like went to the emmys we're like tell us what it's like to go to the emmys like you know just <laughs> and he's just such a cool humble dude but like he also 
was this at SMS. Like I met so many cool, amazing people at this really bizarre, strange and uh, unethical kind of company, you know, where we all got to share this experience together. But I've had some lasting bonds from people that I haven't really had it. A lot. Well, I mean, Justin actually is probably the king of all the people, Justin and Drew, because Justin and Justin's work partner, Drew, I met drew at a hotel job which was hell because of him i was able to get out of that and because he got me to this other job i met justin and because of that here we are today connections you know that's how it all works and it was amazing but i have fond memories of like that time like hanging out with people like you like omari and doing this weird job really weird job and just at the same time just being silly having a good time like that those are the things I take with me. And occasionally I look back, I'm like, oh, yeah, we were doing some kind of fucked up shit, you know, like <laughs> ruining I some I got that. working class people's lives, you know? <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, I didn't get that deep into the belly of the beast. The mm-hmm. thing that I was off put by, and I think they, other people probably loved this, but for me, it felt like everybody, it felt like it was like, it was like everyone, not you, you were already married at that point, but there were so many, it was like, there was so much, people like everyone went out with each other. Like it was like too much of an ecosystem. Like people were dating, hooking up, going out. And it was like every day people would come up to me and be like, yo, are you going to the bar with us? Like whatever. Yeah. And while that's like really nice, I was like, you know, moved to Chicago to do comedy. And at that point I was like very, I was like hyper independent at that point. So I was like very like, and I kept people would kind of like give me shit about it. And I'm like, you're just like at some level, like it's good to have the wall of like, it's great when you make like, I have great friends I met from working like, you know, Mm-hmm. but sometimes you need that wall up to be like, no, I'm going to go do this by myself or I'm going to go meet with my real friends <laughs> or I'm going to go <laughs> home and like, you know, like, and then not to see everybody. Like, it, the, the walls just were down from the beginning. Cause I feel like they lassoed a bunch of millennials and were like, put us yeah. all in a room. And basically like, we don't care if you like, if you date each other, if you fuck, if you go out after the, like whatever, as long as you're here at 9am to get these blue collar workers, Onto this app. <laughs> like, the reason they called it the pit, right? Yeah. They threw you in there and they're like, whatever happens, happens. You're so and sure about the hookup stuff, too. I didn't realize for the longest time that one of the team leads was like in a deep relationship with our director. Like the two of them oh, almost oh, got yeah, married. Ben, Tell me about ben that. and Shannon. Let's blow yes. up this <laughs> yes. yeah, I heard that. I heard that years later. I, I didn't know. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. They, like, they were engaged at one point and then they broke yeah. up. And I'm like, what? Uh, what? I had no idea. I just, you know, people were, they were, yeah, people were going out to the bars afterwards. People were banging like crazy. I was oblivious to it all. I was like, huh? This is going on? But I remember one time, like, we were real big into shuffleboard. That was a big thing. Over lunchtime, we'd go down, play shuffleboard, oh, yeah, and yeah. I'd go out to the bars with them a couple times, just play shuffleboard. People get mad because I was good for a hot second. And like, well, he's not even drinking. And one night they're like, Hey man, you coming, you coming to do shuffleboard? I'm like, actually, no, I'm going to go meet with a financial advisor. And the guy goes, what are you, you trying to buy a boat or something? And I was like, Oh no. I was like, no, I just want to save for retirement. And did you know that a boat is a depreciating asset? Sit down, sit down with me. I'm going to tell you about why you should never buy a boat. Um, 
but yeah, I was just like that. There was a huge disconnect between like, wait, why are you? Because they would go buy lunch every single day. They'd go to the mm-hmm. bars after work every Sunday, just like spending this money like this. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm. I kind of want to plan for my future. They're like, what does that mean? <laughs> what future? <laughs> well, I think it's weird because when I worked at uh, the container store way back in the day, when I was much younger, uh, that was the culture there as well. At that time, was it was like if you've ever seen that movie Waiting, yes. It was very, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was very much like that. Like it was just in the stock room, anything went, and you know, everyone went out and just got obliterated after work, and we were all <laughs> friends, and and there was hookups, and there was what like drama, whatever. It was it was very much like that. But I think there's a difference when it's a retail store and it's populated with certain people, and when you're in this supposedly professional corporate job <laughs> on the whatever floor of the Hancocks. Like I think there's a different level of expectation when it comes to those two different things. Like it's a little like. Again, retail, I think, is one thing, but it's a little different when you're when you're in that corporate environment and you've got people who are just rolling into work, just stinking of alcohol and regretting who they hooked up with last night. But now they got to sit across from them and answer phones and facilitate some bullshit, you know, uh, cleaning. Uh, it, it, it just it's a very different vibe between the two environments. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Richie, uh, Richie says in the chat, it's funny how you can spend eight to 12 hours a day with someone and not consider them a real friend, like someone outside work that you might see once a week or an hour or two. He goes, that might just be an English thing, though. I'm like, I mean, I've had those relationships where I'm like, I get along fine with people and everything like that. But then there's that weird moment where they're like, you see him outside of work and you're like, uh, no, <laughs> it's like seeing a teacher. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, no, I, I remember too. I actually think, and this is like, again, like, um, who, you know, who really cares, but I remember, I do remember my interview and they basically were like, you know, we don't, we want to hire people. Like we don't mind like hanging out with, like you see, like basically they were hiring me because I had a college degree and I seemed chill. Like, you know, so it was like, I remember the interview process. Yeah. All right. Well, I know someone in particular was like, dude, Matt can play soccer, man. He's on our soccer team because there was actually an intramural soccer team. We're like, dude, Matt's no joke, man. That guy, that guy can fucking ball. And I was like, really? They're like, yeah, he's legit. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I am legit. No joke. I'll, I'll, I'll back it up. Hey, I saw that video you posted on Instagram where you kicked it and just went right through the little crack in the in the garage door. You're just like, boop. You just popped it through. I was like, holy shit, that guy's. Uh, that's amazing. What's funny about that, it was that was this summer, and that was like actually the video you can't see is actually from re- like very far away. Like mm-hmm. it was like the, the driveway was bending, so you couldn't quite see. But I was like to my wife, I was like, Corey, I'm feeling it. Just turn on the camera. And then I did it like first time, just just pass this ball like 50 yards into a sliver of a garage. And then the rest of the summer, I tried to re- repeat it and couldn't. <laughs> well, what I love about it too is you did it, and then you didn't even make a big deal about it. You're just like, yep, nailed it. And you're like, what do you want yeah, from me? I literally tried every day again for like 30 <laughs> days because we were in Maine for like a month. I was just there out there trying to repeat it and just couldn't do it. But but it's because you there's certain things you do and you do it intuitively and confidently. Yeah. You pull it off. But as soon as you start thinking about it, you're fucked. Yeah. Like sleep. Sleep yeah. is a great I've been having little sleep issues. And as soon as I hear feel my body like this wave of probably melatonin, like surging into my skull i'm like it's happening get on get on this and then but the act of being conscious of that i'm like oh fuck i'm still awake like you yeah know no i yeah. i've had the same thing where i try to visualize this is so bizarre but i i visualize 
like being in a very small crawl space and laying down and like I visualize myself slowly like sinking into the floor and like it's going to sound morbid like darkness is sort of like kind of like enveloping me and I'm just sinking in to go to sleep and the darkness is yeah. sleep. But because I'm focusing on that and I'm feeling it and because I'm aware of it and then all of a sudden the floor gets hard and I can't slip through. Uh, I'm just like, yeah, no, nah, man, don't. don't. So I've, I've gotten rid of that visualization because whenever I think of that, I immediately wake like I can't I can't slip yeah. into it because it's like, nope, you're thinking about it. I'm like, damn it. Come on, man. <laughs> Oh, man. So, all right. Before we get too far off the rails here, Matt, I want to talk about the cool stuff that you've been doing. You you sent me an email. You've been doing some really cool shit. You're a very creative guy. So let's start with, like, Jill's bike. You did this short film. Oh, yeah. You wrote it. You directed it. You shot it. You color corrected it. Like, you did the whole thing. Tell tell everyone about it. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I, there's a, I made a 12-minute short film. It's really, like, a, it's really kind of, like, 11 minutes, and the last minute is, is credits with a song um about it like chronicles a few days in a woman's life in the wake of uh her breakup and the theft of her bike and um i've had my bike stolen a couple times and Mm. i think in portland especially it's a big problem and like it happens quite a bit and the thing i've always been like fixated on is like it never feels the same like when you get another bike you're like oh this isn't the like the last one you're riding i'm like riding it like have you seen annie hall i'm familiar with it but i haven't seen it no Okay, well, obviously Woody Allen, reprehensible character, but there's this great. There in the beginning of the film, there's he's he and Annie are at this beach house and they're goofing around with lobsters, and like he's afraid of the clearly afraid of the lobster or whatever. And then at the end of the film, they've spoiler alert, they've broken up, and he's like trying to recreate the same memory with a new woman. He's like, "This is crazy! Look at these lobsters!" <laughs> like you know. And uh, anyway, um, that experience being a like a bike but then also taking on like a bike is just so laden with symbolism of with childhood and all that stuff and it was kind of i worked with this really great actor named rose proctor and i was based and it's a silent it's a it doesn't have any dialogue and um for me i've like i have a pretty good memory and i think for strength of mine is writing dialogue and i was like this is definitely becoming a crutch i was like reading a lot of the things i was writing and i was like let's see if i can work on the storytelling and visuals and do the cinematography without saying anything. Um, so I wrote it. And then if I didn't find this actor, I don't know if it would have came together, but she was really down to do it and totally got what I was going for. So we shot it over in November. Um, and yeah, it's about 12 minutes and uh, pretty proud of it. I think it came together. Well, that's, that's a really awesome. cool approach uh, to just to kind of identify that this is the thing that I'm almost uh, not, you know, not, I'm almost too good at this thing and I can't like, I need to stretch some other muscles and like in that process, what did you, did you f- learn anything about yourself or, or did, did you have any aha moments in going with a, a silent, uh, more or less a silent film? Well, um, let's see here. I feel like I definitely, um, it was just a good reminder as well because I get aha moments or learn something like I'm so like, I've tried. I feel like I've kind of dipped in uh, pretty much everything after with comedy and like I did stand up. I did improv. I made rap albums. I um, have made a feature film. Like I've I've written fiction. I've written screenplay. So it's like um, I've done it all. Like like tried everything, and I'm very much like, in the writer's camp. Mm-hmm. And then going out and producing something again, it was good to get. It's like divorcing your ego again because you watch stuff and you're like being critical of it. And then when you're like, you going back out in the world and producing something is so fucking hard. And you want something just simple. Like I was like, I want an insert shot 
of her Converse's pedaling the bike. That'll be nice. Oh, I don't have a dolly. I don't have a, I can't, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get a permit and rent a car and right. do this thing. So it's me scurrying along holding a camera rig. Um, and all of a sudden I can hear, I realize I'm, you can hear my footsteps. <laughs> I can't use any of it. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, right. It's, just, it's good for anybody who's into screenwriting to make their own things because it's like, you have to, cause I wrote this script and it was very compact and precise. And right away I was like, we're not, we can't make it like how I put it in my head, but here's what we can actually do. Sure. And then once, and I kept telling myself as well, you get what you get and you don't get upset with like the footage. I was shooting the whole thing on my phone with an anamorphic lens attachment sure. and like a mic. And I was like, I'm just going to put myself like put my best foot forward and like whatever I get, I'm just like not going to complain about it. I'm not going to reshoot anything. Cause I want to, I want to make something. It'd been quite a while since I made anything. Yeah. Yeah. So that was stuff I learned again, just to be, just to be less critical of, of produced work and to like, remember how hard it is and, and have that go with that instinct instead of the writer brain, if that makes okay. sense. Yeah. Absolutely. It's the hallmark of an indie filmmaker. I mean, you've got to, a putting yourself in the role of all the roles and understanding how they all operate and that your mantra that you get what you get you can't be upset about it like that is sometimes that is what it is and you're like okay hey, how do i this is what i have i don't have any more money to do it i don't have any more time or whatever resource i'm lacking how am i going to make this work and i think that's a that's a wonderful exercise in, in creativity and filmmaking for the record I, in, the, in the chat moon silhouette says that sounds great matt so yeah. you know you got Thank someone you. who's like impressed with the with the effort because you know sorry to cut you off justin by the way i didn't mean to do that because no, i'm, I'm a bad fine. friend so i was just going to ask about lighting if you use practical lighting or if you actually set up any lights i did not use any lighting okay um i did all natural lighting some of it actually i that was a good thing too because my i wanted to be like i wanted to just produce something in portland and spend as little money as possible mm -hmm. so um i spent the whole thing you know in total I bought a camera lens or the lenses for my phone. I bought, um, I like paid for food on the day and I wanted to stay um, everything under 400 or like around 400 bucks. So yeah. I didn't want to buy lights and I was like, I'm not going to buy lights. And if I, if, if it becomes clear for my next project, I will buy lights. It's clear for my next project. I need to have lights. <laughs> <laughs> we learn, uh, right? We learn but, as we go. Uh, that's because it was mostly, it was because of the lens and, and I got a lot of natural light stuff. Not all stuff looks amazing, super easy to color grade. I was like, I can't believe this is coming from my phone. But then the stuff that's indoors, like so many great performance moments was like just really washed out or weird or grainy. So um, yeah, I think next for the next time I shoot something, I'll, I'll either, I'll probably, I'll more, I probably won't buy any lights. I'll probably hire a, um, a little, uh, little gaffer or something oh, that's there, awesome yeah. the close i was gonna say the closing scene where you're tracking her on the side and then you stop and she keeps walking and the you get the tra those traffic lights mm -hmm. or the, the not the, the headlights coming in yeah you get those beautiful lens flares coming across with that anamorphic like it was you the outside like you said the outside shots you picked up some real just gems on the outside it was wonderful i think the Thank kids today would call them bangers you know some real bangers <laughs> that's you know? what it is bangers and mash yeah banger. um, bangers and mash you. Oh yeah, did you have you guys seen it? Yeah, if it's okay, if you have yeah. It. Okay, cool. What yeah. were your thoughts? What were your thoughts? Where, where I, 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 thought? I thought it was a lot of fun because 
at first I was like, I turned on closed captions because I'm like, I can't hear what she's saying. Like when she was like staring <laughs> oh, at herself. The, yeah, 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 she's yeah. just like talking. I'm like, I, I didn't hear what she said. I'm like, and I'm like, oh wait, there hasn't been anything spoken yet. Oh, I'll get it. I get it. There's no talking in this. Got it. Understood. Yeah, um, yeah I thought yeah. it was fun. I, I especially liked. I like. I like watching stuff where you treat the viewer like a smart person. You know, and you're like, we're going to tell a story without having to beat you over the head with this. You know what I mean? Oh, and fine. you were able to, there was a lot that was able, you were able to understand and enjoy and, and I think empathize with like the, the breakup, how you're feeling after the fact, trying to figure out what to wear, what, you know, like there was just a lot of that stuff that, you know, just, I, I can identify with like just feeling down, depressed, and then having the bike be stolen too. You're like, God damn, like... <laughs> It was, it, it, I feel like it tapped into a lot of cool stuff. And what I love hearing you talk about with this is part of the problem I run into is I have a lot of ideas. I can't get them out of my head, partially because mm-hmm. uh, it's a lot of work. And also mm-hmm. I'm scared sometimes, you know, because yeah. I'm scared to be vulnerable. I'm scared to put the stuff out because I'm afraid for people to judge it. But I've, I've slowly been getting better with that where I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm just making this for me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want to make this because I want I want to be able to create something. So whenever I hear someone be like, I I, I have a, a colleague at work who's she's writing a, a book and she's you know she's feeling you know she's like oh you know I don't know she goes I think I'm done I don't know what to do you know I, I don't know who's gonna be an editor I was like find some there's a freelance market out there there's absolutely gonna be editors I'm like you need to do this like do this you're mm-hmm. creating it she's like well I don't even know like you know publishing I'm like who gives a shit self publishing get it out there do it <laughs> yeah. make your thing you've put this time into it make your thing do it because it, that takes a lot of effort a lot of work a lot of time to do it and it, it absolutely just I find you very inspiring to be like, I'm going to go make this thing, you know? And what I love about it too, is you're like, you know what? It didn't go as planned, but I learned for next time what I'm going to do. And I think that's really cool because a lot of people, myself included, get so, so much into their head that they don't even get moving because they can see every mm-hmm. obstacle a mile down the road. And there's like, nah, I just won't do it. And you're like, fuck it. Let's do it. I don't give a shit. Let's see if we can make this happen. And you did it. And I think that's awesome. That I think is, uh, it sums up your personality so much. When I think of you, I think of Matt as this carefree in a good way, creative, funny person who's like, fuck it, let's do it. You know, I'm going to send an email to the whole place about this guy jerking off. Who cares? Like whatever, you know, that's all good. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's good. It's the thing that you, I think people have to remember is if you try something and you fail, no one has to know, you know, <laughs> you don't have to like send it, you know, yeah. uh, I think there's a whole culture of, and it's a good thing, but there's this whole culture of I've observed, tell me if you guys have observed this where people view failure as a way to getting good at something, which mm. is true, but they overemphasize like they overemphasize in a sense where it's like, and then it puts failure almost more on this pedestal. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like right. You have, to have these epic failures that lead to fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like <laughs> rather than like something that sucks and you don't want to share with anyone. <laughs> like it's totally fair. There's a, another thing that I, I try to keep in mind as well. I don't I, I know where I remember. I read this. Remember stumble upon. Oh yes. yeah. We've used that yeah. for a couple episodes back in the day. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I used to stumble hard freshman year of college when I was smoking <laughs> a lot of weed. Um, and <laughs> And I saw a quote there that was, I don't remember it, but, I, I, but it was word for word, but it was basically like, it's, it's much better to be the author of something bad than the author of a hypothetical masterpiece. 
Amen. So, Absolutely. You know, Amen. It's just, it's, I, I was going to, I was going to yeah. simplify it, make it dark. It's better to be the author of a failure than the author of nothing. That's kind of yeah, how I would put no. it. Like same thing. You miss a hundred percent of the shots. You don't take no fear. Bam. I remember those shirts. Um, you know, it's, it's, yeah. It, I look at this as you can watch the worst movie out there, right? Battlefield mm-hmm. earth is, is a contender for it, but you know what? That film got made. People that when they when I've heard filmmakers or creators say it is the fact that a movie can get made is a goddamn miracle. That is true. The amount of effort it takes to make something to put all that stuff together, to write it, to get funding, to get, I don't know, SAG permission to get, you know, all the all the stuff. I'm triggering Justin right now. You know, all these things (laughs) to to then get the actors and then to film it and then to edit it and then to audio and then color grade. And then hopefully a producer doesn't hold it hostage. And then, you know, like all these things, you know, and then to put Mm -hmm. it out there, be like, we did it. And then someone goes, yeah, that movie kind of sucks. You know, it's like you forget (laughs) all. And listen, I am the most guilty of doing that. Years Mm. ago, I was the shittiest person where I'm like, that movie's terrible. (laughs) The worst. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, listen, is that movie objectively bad? Yes. But you know what? I can I can appreciate the mm. effort that went into it. No one sets out to make a bad movie. No it's one's true. like, this right. is going to, we're going to get gonna make a piece of shit. <laughs> we're making a 1% on Rotten Tomatoes gang, a 1%. Okay. Right? We're going for it. No one if intends for that to happen. We failed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If we, we get out of the 10%, fuck it, man. We didn't do a good job. No one intends for that to happen. And I yeah. think when you put that in perspective, it's like, fucking celebrate it you know we have a we oh, have a fan oh. and a mod jared jared who's jared i don't know why i was like jared jared he, um, he loves just experiencing stuff like he doesn't mm. good bad other like he doesn't like shitting on stuff he hates toxic fandoms and stuff like that and he's really grown on me over the years as he's just like can't we just enjoy stuff like just sit down turn on something watch it and be like hey I'm glad to be here consuming this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I got to try to be more like that instead of being such a critical piece of shit. Because, you know, there's times where I'll get frustrated as just Mm -hmm. a viewer of something. If it doesn't make sense, like the story doesn't connect or I feel like there's missed opportunities and I could see a path in my mind where something could be better. And I'm like, ah, what are we doing? Or I feel like the filmmakers are making me feel dumb. They're not treating me like a smart uh, human being, but still just looking back and be like, they fucking made this man. Like they made this oh, thing. Totally. They created this thing. People are trying. They're acting. They're trying, you know, again, no one's like, I'm going to do a bad job acting in this movie. You know, like <laughs> no one's trying to do that. No, I mean, for sure. I think one thing I've learned as well, that's important is like, um, I have a couple friends who send me stuff um, for notes, you know, like sure. they'll, they'll they'll send me scripts or send me fiction or a film to like give feedback on. And it's actually really hard. And as a teacher, I know there's like this triangle of higher order thinking and create is right up there with um, evaluate. Hmm. It's very hard to evaluate something, which is why all most critics and stuff, you read it and you're like, it's people viewing a film through a political lens and trying to like get clicks it's very hard to have like a, like a Pauline Kale or, or a Roger Ebert who has like a very thoughtful approach. And it's like, I've learned just from being trying to give helpful critiques to my friends is like, you have to distinguish between what is inconsistent and what isn't to your taste. 
So yes, yes, yeah, um, yes. I am an instructional designer, so I design training and things like that all the time. And where I get the most frustrated is where people are like, "I don't like the color scheme." I'm like, I'm not asking you about your personal aesthetics. <laughs> yeah, I'm asking, yeah. does this make sense? I'm asking you yeah. to check the grammar. I'm 100%. asking you to check the flow. Asking is this too much reading? Does there need to be an interaction that's built in to break this up? I don't need you to be like, mm, I feel like the the you should use this hex color. Like, go fuck yourself. All right, all right. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> I I don't I that boy did that that took me to a dark place because that's one of the reasons why i left grubhub because i had someone that's like i don't like the way this looks i'm like that's your aesthetic that's your aesthetic not mine and i got to the point towards the end i was like i don't want to hear your opinions about how this looks i need you yeah. to tell me is does this function appropriately so it's the same thing right like yeah what are the nuts and bolts that aren't working mm-hmm. and you could also provide this is just my taste this is how i feel if that's not yours take it or leave it whatever that's just my suggestion you know with that caveat oh, totally. of, you know like that that comes in a different place like for me i'm like here's here i'm always like here's what i really love here's what's really working here's the things that stuck out to me as 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 needing development and here's some suggestions from my my silly lens of where you could take this because ultimately as well i don't know if it's different but now i'm like i've made enough stuff where i'm like I'm not getting off on helping someone, you know, like before when I was younger, I feel like I was like, Oh my God, people are coming. Like I want to like, <laughs> and ultimately, and maybe I could, I had, I don't know if I did, I can't quite remember, maybe had a little more of a shittier impulse to like tear something down. And now I'm like, Oh, they're asking for my help. Like how can I actually like help it? So it's right. like, that's a great but way. That, I think it helps your own work. Cause then it's like, you, you're just trying to make something that's consistent or if it's inconsistent, tonally or something it's on purpose right you know because oh, at the end of the day there's amazing oscar-winning movies that i don't like so but you can't say it's objectively it's bad it's just not what you like and uh, it's tough when you when you're someone like the three of us where it's like and i think everyone views themselves as creative where you want to make stuff it's really hard to not be like oh i would have done it this way like like the ultimate and um i'm going to plug my podcast now the film yes. podcast um, which is about the best like book to film adaptations and all that stuff. Talking about the writer, talking about the filmmaker is the biggest example of what we're talking about. I had was seeing once upon a time in Hollywood. I saw it on opening day at Quentin Tarantino's theater in Los Angeles. And I wanted it to be a very specific movie and it was not that at all. So I just fucking hated it. And then I had in the podcast, we in our episode about Jackie Brown, we were talking about it. My friend Tanner just fully rebutted me on all the points I was making and was just like, here's why it's consistent. And here's why it's about on-screen violence. My point was like, he's shoehorning criticism and conversations about on-screen violence when really he's just playing with it because he's Tarantino. And and then my friend, my, my co-host Tanner was like, no, here are all the ways it's actually moving this agenda forward. And it starts at the very beginning. And I was like, I'm fucking wrong. <laughs> I love that movie now. That's my favorite movie. Um, that that perspective is like, huge, right? Your yeah, perception yeah. of how things are going to go. That's killed so many movies for me where I go and be like, I know what this is. And then it's like, that's not what it is. And all of a sudden you're like, man, fuck this movie. That was Iron Man 3 for me. I went in. I felt like they lied to me in the marketing what that film was and the twist that they had it. And I was like, fuck you. Fuck all you guys. Like, you just ruined it. And I'm about to rewatch that movie this weekend. I'm going through the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe with my daughter from, you know, the release 
you know, order. And Iron Man 3 is up next. So I'm like, I'm kind of not looking forward to it because it left such a bad taste in my mouth. But I'm like, I also haven't watched it in years. So I'm like, this might be good time for some fresh eyes. We'll see how this oh, yeah. goes and we'll see how we feel about it. Stuff. What's yeah, that? You may not. It's great to reappraise stuff, like come back, like, you know, come to it and reappraise it. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do is watch movies that I'm like, I love this as a kid watching. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> maybe this holds up, maybe. Yeah, I got a couple of good chats here. Uh, Richie said would say just because you can doesn't always mean you should. But that's coming from a point of view of having to listen to uh, hundreds of really bad records each week. Richie has a podcast called You Haven't Heard This Music Podcast, where he basically showcases indie music every week on the podcast. So, hey, listen, long tail theory, you know, and the way that we exist with content being out there. Listen, there's going to be a lot of stuff that is objectively bad. You know, that's kind of how it goes. But it's a learning process, right? That's why I hope to say is that people will create and then iterate and, and go from there. And he also said, "Art is subjective." I guess one person's horseshit is another person's master- masterpiece. <laughs> What's a movie or or a book that you guys think is like that you love that like you feel like people the consent popular consensus is is that it sucks. A, I, a uh, book turned into a film, or or either or either either it's or a piece of okay yeah yeah oh man there That's was a, a lot of backlash from some folks on the adaptation to the Sandman. On Netflix, I love the Sandman comics. Is that based on the Neil Gaiman? Yes. Uh, okay, yeah. I like the adaptation. Um, I think some people um, don't know how to read and don't know how to look at pictures. And um, this is one of those ones where people are like, how come death's black? Because they're white in the comic. It's like, Jesus Christ, guys. Like, Can we... Can we not move past this sort of situation? But they made some some adjustments to it, and I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a great adaptation. I'm so glad they got renewed for season two. I look forward mm-hmm. to it. Um, but I think there was some mixed reactions from f- folks, some of them mm-hmm. hardcore fans. Other people didn't know it, and they're like, this seems like some woke agenda. And I'm like, actually, no, this is pretty much the comic. I mean, they were pretty pretty consistent yeah. with it and everything like that. So I, I appreciate it. I didn't necessarily understand the backlash. Okay. I would, yeah, I would have to say the same. I, I I loved the comics and I really was a fan of the adapta- adaptation. As far as just like something that's standalone that wasn't converted from one medium to another, I'd have to give some thinking on that because I know there are, there are some. Uh, but let me flip it back around to you and ask, in that vein, because this is an ongoing debate we've had on this podcast, and I'm just curious because you mm-hmm. seem to have a very thoughtful approach to a lot of this. Is there such a thing as a guilty pleasure? Oh, it's interesting. Because if you like it, why why is it guilty? I mean, I'm sure it's like a socially constructed idea, but it's that's a f- very interesting question. I mean, I think it's it's. I don't know if guilty is the right word. I think the, a better word would be like shameful. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like you're kind of ashamed about it. Like you don't want people to know for any number of reasons. Um, yeah, you know, I think I think guilty is like. I don't think guilt is a real thing in other than like when you do something wrong, like there's a lot of people like, for example, I've always said this and someone please put me in my place. If you disagree, I think Catholic guilt is like people just say that, you know what I mean? They're like, I was raised Catholic. So now I'm like weird whenever like, <laughs> well, and it's like, shut up. So was I, I'm not yeah. guilty about anything other than stuff. I've tread. I'm don't get me wrong. I've trespassed against those who will not temptation, whatever the prayer is. I've, been, <laughs> I've done, I've had my fair share of trespassing. I'm not, you know, I've totally, you know, I've, 
hurt many people's feelings and feel horrible about it and thinking about from third grade on or anything you know any number of times but like and that's i feel guilt about so it's like guilty about if in terms of like if i'm being too literal like guilty i don't feel guilty about anything that i like um but i don't i do feel ashamed about some things that i like (laughs) and that's totally fair i think let me let me uh qualify that just a little bit so the debate stems from uh we were talking with someone else and they were like well why is it a guilty pleasure? And you're like, well, because it's a bad movie, but I, it's a bad movie, but I like it. And he's like, if you like it, then it's, then you can't think it's bad. False. Like, it's if someone like being it, embarrassed. It's apparently not bad. Well, yeah, that's it. I think it's, it's the, the semantics of this are maybe important then. Cause it's some, it's someone being embarrassed about liking it and they're qualifying it by saying, well, it's guilty pleasure. It's like, no, you like this. And you don't admit it. Like right. one of the things I said, you did, you don't want to admit outright that you like it. Like one thing I used to say, I tried doing it as a stand-up joke. It never really worked, but I, it would kind of get like some applause. <laughs> so I would be like, if you don't like one Justin Bieber song and one Taylor Swift song, you're a hater. You gotta like one. You know what I mean? If you don't like any of them, that like get yeah, are they like amazing? No, I don't like Justin Bieber. I don't like Taylor Swift. But are you but um like confident Justin Bieber, great song. Um, Wildest Dreams, the acoustic stripped down version, uh on the at the Grammy Museum, Taylor Swift. <laughs> hell yeah moves me so it's like it's that type of thing like i, yeah, I yeah. people don't want to admit that they like something that isn't they perceive to be cool yeah so they qualify with that so i don't really think it exists i think people are just embarrassed and i totally get it i'm embarrassed there you go. <laughs> i think that's a great qualifier i'd add that there's stuff that i like when i know it's objectively bad battlefield earth being one of those movies i look at that film i'm like this is not a good film on a lot of levels. Um, I'm not as shameful about it anymore. I'm like, yeah, no, I when that movie's on and I can find it. I'm like, yeah, clear my schedule. I'm watching this shit show of a film yeah. because oh, it's uh, enjoyable. You know, Constantine, Constantine. That, oh. one, that one's one of mine. I, I have been trying for 12 years to get my wife to watch it and she will not watch it. And oh, I, will not I, haven't seen it. And I just sent her a uh, Nerdist article that said that constant, the sequel to it is still in the works. And I'm like, huh? We can't see the second one if you don't see the first one. So, yeah, that one's not bad. I think it got more shit than it deserved, but I agree. But I enjoyed it, me. you know. But well, another thing that's uh, like too is interesting. Kind of comes back to my point about criticism of like it's actually I've went down a rabbit hole of like I don't get why anybody critiques anything. Like you know, I kind of went that way, like being like everyone shut the fuck up. And then the other, but then I was reading about it and being like, no, there's always been healthy. There's always been good criticism. Whenever there's good, interesting work, there's good, interesting criticism. They're parallel disciplines that go together. So like, it's actually really important. There's always, there's always, you got to be engaging, engaging with it. But here's the thing. Sometimes though, filmmakers are, or whatever the medium is, the artist is ahead of the critics. Sure. You know what I mean? So they're doing something new or interesting. Like the classic one is like 2001, a space odyssey. I don't know where you guys knit out on that one. I fucking love that movie. I think it's a masterpiece. Pauline Kale, who's like my critic, my favorite critic, was basically like, this movie sucks. Anybody who goes to see it is just some weird hippie trying to get off on the visuals. <laughs> where you're like, oh, it's because like this was something new. So it's like, right. you know what I mean? It's it's a very weird thing. That's yeah. why I just bring it yeah. back. Do I like it or do I not like it? Or no, am I embarrassed fair. about it? Yeah. And I, for me, it's just like Last Action Hero. Like when it came out, 
it was like panned. No one liked it, but it was ahead of its time because it was actually doing a critique on action movies. Like it was making fun of all the tropes. Yeah. But it was marketed as this action film, you know, but it oh, was yeah. if you look back at it, you're like, oh, yeah, it's it's making fun of all that shit. It, it was it's such a meta thing that we didn't understand what mm-hmm. meta was at the time. So like in yes. retrospect, you're like, this actually was ahead of its time and no one was able to catch on. Yeah, it's like deconstructing that genre. Yeah. But was, the, no, was, the thing is, you, it has to be the best things that are deconstructing genre or type of movie or whatever are still in that category. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Because you, it's very easy to be like, oh, action films suck. So we're going to make something that disparages that, like, like you know, like disaster movie or date movie or, or yeah. like those right, type of movies. Right. But like to actually critique um or deconstruct that thing but be in that camp and be like no this is a good verb but this is good you know yeah it's very difficult to do and and props to anyone that can pull that off um real quick here i had really good quick uh, quick uh quote from richie here he says if you build a thousand bridges you're a bridge builder but if you build a thousand bridges and suck on cock you are just a cocksucker same goes for liking just one but justin bieber song i don't quite get that but i thought it was funny (laughs) I think instead of on, it's one. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, so okay, so if you so build Richie, a thousand I'm a, bridges, I'm, I'm at my daughter's in the other rooms. I'm a cocksucker because I like "Confident" by Justin Bieber. Is that what you're telling? Me? <laughs> Is that what you're fucking telling? That's been hearing Richie say, and that, that's <laughs> a hot take. I don't know about that. <laughs> you know, that's that's very true. That's, that's very true. Is, that's a shame. There is someone. Maybe you should go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Almost two p.m. Oh. 2 a.m. in the UK. Yeah, I know. It's all good. Richie, yeah. Richie's, Richie's yeah. a good dude. All right. Um, uh, let's, let's head into our, someone, there is yeah. someone who we can ask, like when, when things, is that too far? Is that correct? What does that mean? What is good? What is bad? There is someone that we often go to in this podcast when we have practical needs that it's practical questions that need practical answers. Got the questions, we got the answers. All you do is ask. Practical, 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 ask practical, Doug. It's time once again for Ask Practical Doug. If you haven't been here for this, Matt, this is a new one for you. Ask Practical Doug. Practical Doug is a small Doug that lives inside of Big Doug, and he guides Big Doug on many of life's uh, journeys and helps him with many of life's quandaries. So uh, people listening right now, you can either watch us live and in the chat while we're streaming live, 7 p.m. Central on Tuesdays, you can ask Practical Doug there. On any social media, hashtag Ask Practical Doug and tag us. Or on the Discord, there is a specific channel just for Ask Practical Doug questions. So today we are going to ask Practical Air Buddy on the podcast because Doug has found himself a wonderful am i the asshole off of reddit and we're gonna weigh in on this so douglas please there was another one that i really wanted to do but it got taken down within the 24 hours of me finding it so uh we're gonna go with the with the runner up here so here we go am i the asshole for how i responded to my wife's hypothetical situation that has pissed her off even though i said it was stupid (laughs) all right so that's the that's that's the title so here we go this is an unbelievably stupid argument that not even not even based from a real situation or one that is likely to ever happen. I'm a 37 male and my wife is 35. My wife asked me that if there was ever a situation in which uh, her and our two kids, who are five and seven, were in danger, who would I save first? 
I told her right from the bat it was a stupid question to ask, and I didn't want to keep talking about it, but she kept pushing and pushing for an answer, so I just said out of instinct I'd save the kids first. She then got really irritated, asking, well, what about me? I reiterated how stupid her question was and that there's literally no point in talking about it, but again, she wouldn't shut up about it. Ultimately, I just said to her out of annoyance that in any scenario, I'd save the kids first, then go back for her, and that I hoped she'd do the same considering the kids come first always. Well, now she's pissed off at me over some fake scenario, all because I said I'd save the kids over her. She says I'm an asshole for being unfeeling and callous and that I'm belittling her for calling the question stupid and she has got on the defensive basically saying I'm calling her stupid. She has been snappy, not really talking to me, as and is in general just being argumentative. Am I the asshole? No. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Ask Practical Doug. It's been Ask Practical Doug, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i'll share i mean no it's like uh no you're uh you're a, that's a boundary violation when you <laughs> press someone for an answer and they don't want to talk whatever they say it has to be like diplomatic immunity or something and then <laughs> yeah. um it's also it sounds like an episode of king of queens which we talked about one last year five years ago um but no i think like here and my point of view is like yeah, like the kids come first in survival. They don't necessarily need to come first always. You got to have, you got to be, still got to be dating your wife. You know what I mean? But uh, um, I would say, no, you're, you can call, you can call off sides because that was a boundary violation. You were forced to talk when you didn't want to talk. And yeah. your answer is perfectly viable. No, I, you're not. Asshole. I have to agree for Practical Doug. Number one, like, first of all, I love the way that you said that this is a boundary violation. This person's like, I don't want to participate in this. And as someone who has uh, borderline bullied uh, Justin's business partner, Drew, to weigh in on hypotheticals like this, uh, he is a huge baseball fan. I was like, all right, Drew, get this. What if we changed baseball to where you have, like, if someone hits the ball in the running, you could actually take the ball and peg the person. Like, you know, <laughs> just go for it and just like nail them because it changes everything because it's like if you're going to steal a base, you could get fucking slammed with this ball and you have people that just are so good and they, they're like, they're like dodgeball guys. Yeah. They're just getting, he's like, I don't want to talk about this because it will never <laughs> happen. This is dumb. I'm like, yeah, but what if he goes, I don't want to talk about this and I would just try to get him to talk about it. So in that vein, I understand the hypothetical if it's just a silly hypothetical in this situation. This guy's like, I don't want to, this is, I don't even want to think about this. Right. It's like saying, yeah. Hey, which kid's your favorite? Cause <laughs> let's, let's face it. There is one and it can change over time, but you got a favorite, you know I mean? Like if they're like, listen, this is, this is a what if that I don't want to play. And then you don't like their answer when they finally give it. Sorry. Um, right. no, I'm sorry. They didn't give you the answer that you wanted from this hypothetical scenario. Like, it's I'm also a leading question. Right. You clearly, you know what I mean? You oh, want, absolutely. It's like, yeah. So, I'll, I'll say this. I'll put the caveat on this because I agree with both of you, but I'll put the caveat on that. He could have probably, uh, he could have probably tried to shoot this conversation down in a little bit gentler way. I don't know what say, you mean. This is yeah. a stupid question. Like it, it is intimating that she is that, like, it's belittling her. Like it, Mm -hmm. in, in like you could be it could be taken that way basically you're setting up no matter how you answer now she's always got that in the back of her in the in you know in the back of her uh her satchel uh, i agree i agree with that but then i will say 
I think we're being really loosey goosey with the transitive property. If you're saying, oh, because you said this question is stupid, you're saying I'm stupid. Like, have some self esteem. I only <laughs> hear that. I hear that. I hear that. I'm just Be saying loosey goosey with the transitive property. All right. <laughs> I agree with that as well. I'm just saying, like, like I, I feel like yeah, to, to maybe use a different Switzerland right. here. It could have, it could have gone. Hey, look. This is a hypothetical A I'm uncomfortable with and B I don't think we need to be having. I will not be answering you. We're done here. Like just yeah. based yeah. on how this guy yeah. wrote this to the general public very aggressively, I'm willing yes. to bet he was also equally aggressive to his yeah. wife, so I'm sure the communication right. I'm well, going to I'm going to side with Jess on that where he probably could have been a little more delicate. I'm just assuming in the yeah. way that he's like this is fucking stupid. You know what I mean like that's combative, yeah. you know. I told her how dumb yeah. this idea was. But I want to fucking have this conversation. I and I told her, face and I went out yeah. for a beer. Yeah, that's fair enough. Fair. <laughs> but, but I, I mean, still stand. Time, the, the, he probably. I will say this though. He probably did take to the keyboard because he was like he was probably more pissed when he hit the keyboard. That's, you know. So yeah. That's it kind of reminds me of yeah. like when we were in when we were in Italy. It's really hard to travel internationally with a child. Oh I, no, kidding. Many, stories uh from just that trip and um i and we're me and my wife we're we're totally fine sometimes we don't see eye to eye on travel stuff because no one does when you you know what i mean it's very if you ever great test if you want to see if you want to get married is go on an international trip with with them but anyway i had this idea of like oh it'd be really interesting to write a short story that's like two people are traveling and they're really not on the same page at all. And I thought of this when I was in Italy, but I was like too close, close to that. Even though we're, we weren't even going through that, that was the, the germ of the idea. And all of a sudden I'm like writing and it feels like I'm trying to win an argument. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, this is sucks. This whole thing sucks. I'm, yeah. I'm pretending I didn't have this idea. So maybe the guy's doing the same thing. Maybe he's taking Reddit trying to win the argument there. You know, it's a fair point. It could be too. I think Richie, Richie had a really good point. He says, my kids have a few. He goes, exactly. I agree that my kids have a future. She lost hers when she married me. Yeah, that seems fair. <laughs> <laughs> he also said some questions are simply loaded and poisoned and there's no correct answer in any in everyone's eyes. Best thing to do is just oh, stop, sure. drop and roll. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, this was, this was a, losing a losing conversation before it even started. Yeah. So. And honestly, that's a, a, being a parent. You know, I always was, you know, when I wasn't a parent. People said, you know, there's going to be some things that shows you're going to watch topics that are going to make you not look at it the same way being a parent. Mm -hmm, and this is one sure. of those scenarios where I'm like, I don't even want to imagine it where I have to choose, yeah. you know, between because I'm also with Matt on this one. This isn't a one size fits all situation. This is a case by case scenario. You know what I mean? Like, because there could be a situation where I actually need Jill to survive so that she could potentially help Natalie survive based on the situation, right? Let's take an airplane, right? Sure. Airplane's going down. What do you do? You put your mask on first before you help your kid, right? Yeah, There's yeah. bound to be a situation where you're like, I need to help myself and Jill in order to help Natalie. Because if yeah. I just help Natalie, we're all fucked. I can't think of what that yeah. scenario is off the top of my head, but it would be case by case. And if you're just speaking just in general, it's like, are you, do you love me enough to save me over our children? I'm like, I'm kind of in the case of like, I'm probably going to save the kid first. And I'm imagining you're going to tell me to do the same. That's kind of like my relationship with my wife is just like, save the mm -hmm. kid, you know, mm -hmm. like make sure well, she's let safe. Ask, let me ask this in, in that write up, did he say they have two kids? Yes. Five and seven. Yeah. Five and seven. So really the question is out of the three, which one gets saved? Oh, that's boy. the true question that she should have. Yeah, she's, she's assuming he's going to save both kids. 
Yeah. And not what if her. He only grab one person and that's it. That's it, the question he needs to answer. That reminds me so much of this philosophy class I took in college where it was like, we were talking about all this stuff. It was this exact scenario. It was like, okay. In the Basically the question was, it was like, if you're in a sinking boat and you can save like three people or just your wife, who would you save? Oh yeah. And people were kind of trying to, people were trying to be like, maybe impressive and be like, you have to save the most lives. And then people, the person was like, the teacher was like wrong. Like every, like basically like Aristotle and, and Plato, they would say totally fine to save your wife. That's your fucking wife. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Well, it's like the trolley. It's the trolley problem, right? It's like, I don't know. yeah, it's like the trolley problem. Do you, you know, you know, pull the lever, kill one person or not pull the lever and the whole train car full of people dies. Mm -hmm. But then there's this constant variations like, yeah, you pull the lever to save everyone. But the person that you're going to kill is like your best friend. You know, like there's a huge difference between do you know them versus do you not and how yeah, that affects totally. our decision making, you know? Oh, can I tie something real quick as well? I'm reading yeah. I'm almost finished uh, this book called The Once and Future King by T.H. White about King Arthur. Have you ever either? Of you I've heard it? of it. Great book. And uh, it's art. Like I've, I, I wanted to read it, and I'm almost done with it. And it's like there's very short. There's really long books, like 700 pages, where there's four stories within it, and there's short chapters. So you just kind of keep, you keep getting momentum. Yeah. And there's one part. There's a, there's a uh, knight who at one point there's there's you know, they're not allowed to, they're not allowed to, to hit it, you know, back in the day. They, if they're your knight, you're not supposed to, uh, you have courtly love with the maidens. You protect them and you flirt and make meaningful eye contact. And that's Keep it. Your sword in your sheath. Yeah. yeah. It's just butt uh, stuff only, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, there's a knight who these, these 12 women say, like this woman says, if you don't like have sex with me, all 12 of us are going to jump off the, off the, the top of this tower. And he refuses to do it. And he's like, I don't want to break. Like, like I, you doing that is completely your decision. That's fucking crazy. I'm holding true to myself and I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. And everyone's like always other nights. Like, dude, just bang her. Like, like just do it. <laughs> are you kidding? Like, Bro, just get in. You're saving lives, man. Yeah. You're saving lives here. You know? Exactly. And he goes, Nope, I'm not gonna do it. And then they're like, damn, I mean, all right. And then <laughs> and then uh turns out the the all the women were fiends, which is like a deity, like a like a like a fucking I don't even know, like almost like ghosts. Um so it was all we like, played Dungeons and Dragons, we know. Yeah. He <laughs> he lost his uh he he would have lost his virginity. And the thing is that comes at the end, if I can spoil some of it, yes. Um is it him? It's Does he come really at the end? A, it's not a big spoiler because it's actually I don't even. It's funny because it's such a big thing, but it's really not a big deal in the book. Is the Holy Grail becomes part of the third story, and the the only people who can seek the Grail then they all these different knights get close and they have different adventures and get get in trouble or get killed and all this stuff. The three of them uh, who make it to the Holy Grail are still have their virginity, and the guy and he wouldn't have been able to see the Grail had he had done that. So it's kind of, it's a really fucking great book. And anyway, because of that, he got to book. fuck the grail. So that and he did. Yeah. <laughs> Whole hog. <laughs> 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 but the once in future King, really, really good book. <laughs> Especially the ending, you know, because, yeah. uh, you know, at the end, he just gets to the grail and oh my God, I'm going to buff. And then that's all over, you know, <laughs>
exactly. Well, I think we got to the ass practical Doug. He's not the asshole. Ta-da-da! We did it. <laughs> Huzzah. <laughs> Huzzah. That was amazing. All right. Uh, this is the part of the show where uh, we open things up for recommendations. So, uh, Matt, if, yes. obviously you've, you've been talking about some stuff that you've been reading, watching. Heck, even promote some of the stuff that you are doing. Um, what oh, would you like cool. to recommend for people to watch, read, uh, listen to, anything? You know, what, what would you recommend to folks? Oh, man, I got so much. Uh it doesn't have to be a whole bunch of stuff. It could just be one thing or two things, whatever you want. Whatever you think right now, people should be checking out. This is the part where I want to seem cool and pick the coolest thing. Um, I do think I do think um, my podcast, I'll just throw this out there, um, the Filmworms podcast. So we take, it's about uh, book, uh, it's like book to film adaptations. We talk about the author, we talk about the filmmaker, and we talk about all their works and if the adaptation was faithful or if that matters, et cetera. That, like, um, getting some really good positive feedback that's like encouraged a lot of people to write or uh, read and watch more interesting stuff. And I feel like our best episode is Inherent Vice. Hmm. And that's a movie I really like that most people don't. So tying back to our guilty thing or whatever, I'm not embarrassed, but most people don't like that movie. I fucking love that movie. And if you watch Inherent Vice and if you just watch it and you go, don't worry about understanding the plot. The plot is very, very complicated and convoluted. Just watch it for the performance and the language. You'll really dig it. So I'm going to say watch Inherent Vice. Okay. Uh, um, uh, yeah, it's a noir film in the 70s. It takes place in uh, Los Angeles and it's really, really funny. And it's like it's one of my favorite movies. Um, so I'll say Inherent Vice Maybe check out our podcast uh, reading. Um, I would say I would either read the the books that are coming to mind are, are yeah, the Once Future King was really good. I would check out uh, All My Friends Are Going to Be Strangers by Larry McMurtry. Really good movie or book about a writer. It's like a great cautionary tale. It's like a really fucking good book. Uh, I would also suggest um, checking out uh, – we haven't done this one yet, but we're going to is a white noise. Wasn't the biggest fan of the film. One of my favorite all time books, super hilarious. Um, so those, that would be my, my things to recommend. Dude, that's a great list of stuff. Yeah. So cool. Nice. Well, y'all heard it. Fucking follow Matt's advice and check out all those things. Justin, what do you got to recommend? Uh, I think you and I are uh, recommended the same thing uh, today. So do you want to do it on three? Yeah. One. Two, two, three, three. Last, the last of us. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 look, I've never played the video game, but uh, I, I I was familiar with the video game. Like I knew of it. I knew some of the basic, you know, story plot uh, or uh, plot points in the story. Um, this show is making me want to go back and talking about adaptations. Now I got to want to go back and play the game. Like I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> curious to see like, how this gameplay is because I knew when it came out, people were talking about it was kind of pushing boundaries and storytelling and, and what gameplay was and, and, uh, and even like the cinematic cutaways and stuff in the game. Um, so I, I have thoroughly enjoyed, and this has sent me hard into a Pedro, uh, Pascal, uh, Oh, he's such a good actor. Jesus so Christ. Good. Like I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting deep in Pedro. That's all yeah. I'm, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Have, you, have you seen game of Th- his, his performance in game of Thrones? Absolutely. I think about it all the time. I just went back and watched the death scene before this podcast. Oh, I, I can't so do that. Awesome. I can't, yeah. I can't watch that. 
because no, it makes me no, so no. sad. Like, die, you haven't confessed. Yeah. Like, oh. Well, that's the thing is like, he's remember, had so many great parts. Like in Narcos, yeah, he's phenomenal in Narcos. He, I'm gonna be cracking open Narcos. Oh I my god! Like he's so good in all that stuff. And I mean, I've seen, seen so many clips from sketches that in his SNL. You know, oh the Mario Kart thing. That was so many sketches. He was killing like just sketch sketch after sketch after sketch i just keep seeing pop up i'm like god these are fucking great like they yeah. they, they killed it he killed it yeah it was I, a satisfying episode to watch same sure. thing like i i didn't play the game i watched my brother play the opening sequence um mm-hmm. which which blew my mind and broke my heart he goes yeah that's how the game starts and i'm like holy yeah. shit and um you know i'm familiar with like what happens at the end of the first game i know some of the spoilers from the second game and things like that so it's a it's a very interesting like story um, and I feel like, again, I, without having played the game, like just visually, I think it's wonderful. The acting's phenomenal. Um, it's a, there's a lot of heart that goes into this. I, it gets you emotionally connected. It's one of those things where so epi- can we just, I mean, okay. I mean, there's constant, you see constant clips of people who just got done watching episode three and they're just in absolute tears and you're yeah. like, wow, you know, that's the kind of shit that, you know, these showrunners and these networks just jerk off to. They're like, everyone's talking about it, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> They're like, yes, yes. You know, you're going to get Hell renewed yeah. for a second season after that sort of shit. For so, sure. yeah, it's, it's still going. Episode four <laughs> is out as the time of recording this. So it's it's still ongoing for first season. But so far, I'm I'm into it. I get excited to watch it. I don't like I kind of like everything being done so I can binge watch it. But I'm, I'm watching mm-hmm. this every week being like, all right, new episodes out. Let's check this out. I want to know what's yeah, going it's on. It's cool to look for. I, I haven't seen it yet. It's really hard. My wife is really does not like anything violent. Yeah, um, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so That's it's fair. Like for, I mean, it's no, it's not. <laughs> no, I mean, to a certain extent, because I mean, what are we talking? No, I mean, it is, it is fair. I'm really losing credibility because she, I like when we first started dating, I was hitting her with like great films that she really loved, oh. like Francis Ha and like the Puffy Chair and like just different, like hitting her with all these quirky rom coms. And then like I tried watching with her, um, what well, it's not even that the Beguile. Oh, sorry. Have what you, have you seen the Beguile? No. Great movie, 2017, Sofia Coppola. And there's someone that gets a leg amputated. Okay. Oh, God. And, she, and it really upset my wife, Corey. And then three weeks ago, we're watching the Banshees of Isher uh, in the Sharon. We've both and seen I, that. Because I really wanted to watch it. And I have a friend, like I have a best friend from growing up who just like doesn't talk to me anymore. And it's really confusing. And I'm like, I need to watch this and maybe I'll get over this. <laughs> like, I just feel like it's, it's just like, I don't even have like, it's just this, this thing where he like, I'm texting him and he doesn't respond anymore. But I don't even know if I have the right number. And I'm like, it, it could be all in my head or he yeah. just doesn't want to be my friend anymore. But I'm kind of confident he doesn't want to be my friend anymore. And I don't really know why I'm like, I'm watching this. Cause I want to try to have some catharsis and Corey's like, I'll watch it. Is there any amputating? And I'm like, Oh no, it's a joke. She says it now. And then the whole movie is about this guy cutting off his fingers. And she was like, "What the fuck, dude?" I'm like, I'm so sorry. I love it. I'm so sorry. Oh my god! I'll say this: my wife also has. Uh, um, she's not as into violence as uh, on-screen violence is. is yeah. And she loves The Last of Us. So okay. Hopefully, I don't know where. I don't know how aligned they are on that, but hopefully, Corey will will be able to. Yeah, to I, I would say as far as how violent some stuff can be um in my opinion it's it's on the mm. the pretty milder side okay. you know i think it's okay. more implied than Could anything implied violence which it was the walking dead too much for her did you guys oh, we've never watched that i think the 
um, all that. Uh, yeah, the gore. I'm, I have to say, I'm never. I'm not as into zombies personally. Is it a zombie yeah. thing? It, uh, it's an. You talking about Last of Us? Oh, Last I'm of asking, yeah, I know the Walking Dead's a zombie yeah. thing, but yeah. is, is the Last of Us a zombie thing? It's, it's more about infected people than it's, zombies. It's apocalypse style sort of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. It's, I ask because uh, tonally, violence wise, it's on par with each other. So okay, got it, got it. Um, well, the thing is, though, she randomly likes certain stuff, and it's usually stuff I've seen that I can maybe be like, oh, maybe turn away. But she like really, she did really like Inglorious Bastards, and <laughs> we watched game of thrones uh like up to four seasons of it and she was into game of thrones and then florence was born and we stopped watching it um but uh like so like randomly things are okay it's hard it's very hard to tell but other times it's like literally like it's like i've really fucked up yeah Yeah. i I would say violence wise in this show it's not it's not terribly intense there's some things where i'm like no don't check that out this one it's not gratuitous it seems um you know again a lot it's not like close up sort of stuff there's there's implied destruction and, and mayhem and stuff like that but i don't think you get you really see it a whole lot, at least not yet so i mean yeah yeah okay i definitely want to check it out yeah i yeah. love pedro pascal and uh <laughs> so good. it's getting a lot of buzz yeah buzz buzz motherfucker buzz buzz motherfucker all right so as we close out the show here first of all matt i feel like we could do this for four more hours this is so much <laughs> oh, fun. yeah i love like, talking to you guys oh, this I is love- so great um, but, but before we go uh, i want to do you justice i want to make sure you get an opportunity to, to uh tell everyone where if the, you want them to follow you online check out your website check out all your stuff where can people do that uh yeah i would say go to my website go to www.mattspassions.com um i got uh Pretty much all my stuff I've ever made up there that is that I can rewatch and not cringe horribly. But I got like my feature film, a short film. Um, I I was gonna shoot a film, another film before the pandemic. Um, so I got like kind of the proof of concept there. I got two short stories, got some scripts, got links to my podcast. I got my rap albums. I got like sketches and shorts. I've got art I've made. I've got random stuff I've appeared in, and then I got a list of my favorite films and novels. Um, so I would say the best place to do that is mattspassions.com. I love it. That's so good. That's I also forgot to mention, Matt, phenomenal rapper. You should absolutely check out his shit, man. I just stumbled. I went to your website. I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot about this. And I had fun listening to your stuff. So, Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. It's fun fun to make it. Absolutely. Um, and as far as uh, checking out MindGap Podcast, you can follow us on all social medias at MindGap Podcast. You can check us uh, live stream at youtube.com slash Podcast. That's podcast on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central. I host a video game stream on Saturdays. I'm sorry, Fridays at 8 p.m. Central. Um, we've done some Red Dead online live streams, which have been very fun, uh, full of content. Look out for some shorts coming out soon. <laughs> of our recent endeavors it was wild times uh where i got to play my character andy america everyone's favorite american and uh all that other stuff so check us out live for our live streams uh if you're enjoying this stuff on youtube please hit the like button please hit the subscribe button we surpassed 300 subscribers and we're climbing so thank you for all that if you're listening to this uh please rate and review all that sort of stuff we we greatly appreciate that and uh as always check out the link in the description for our discord for our merch and for our patreon and don't forget to follow justin online as well on instagram it's at justin underscore michael spelled m-i-k-e-l it's the fun way of spelling it and while you're in the online realm check us out on all the platforms where you can find and consume quality podcasts go ahead and share us around rate review subscribe all those things we ask you to do every week and then 2 
and Two East Eighth on all social media, as well as loveandimprovfilm.com and Love and Improv Film on Instagram. Nice. Uh, once again, Matt, you're a goddamn treasure, an American treasure. And it's so much fun having you back on here. And let's not wait another five years. How about that? Yeah. And every, anytime you guys want me on, I'm down to do it. So thanks for having me again. It was great to see you both. Absolutely. Because well, we're going to get you back in soon. Don't you worry. Because this is just, yeah. it's too much fun. Too much fun for this short amount of time. So oh, with that yeah. being said, I want to say, uh, Justin, thank you. Real quick, Doug. Yeah. I'm glad we I'm glad we kind of trashed SMS a little bit. You know what? Me too. I'm glad we just called it out by name. Because you know yeah. what? It deserves it. So okay, you can sign off. I just wanted to get that in there. No, that's uh, fine. Yeah. It's totally cool. With that, I'll say, Justin, thank you. Douglas, thank you. Chat, thank you. Listeners, thank you. And you all have a dandy fucking week. Mind Gap Podcast.